Righto. Welcome to the Vale Podcast. Local people, local news, local stories. Jeez, it's been a while, but the water is getting close. Senior Sergeant Long, how are you? I'm good. How are you, Jay? How are you, listeners? Well, look, I'm okay. I've seen the floods in 2011. I feel like I'm old hat at this. I was working in radio at the time, the 2011 floods. I feel like we're better prepared this time. But that's why we've got you in the studio to fill us in on exactly what is going on, what's the process here, is it going to – I don't want to say is it going to get us because it's already here. We can see the water lying around. Yeah, most definitely. Yep. So first of all, we'll say, and I'll put this out straight away, town meeting tonight, 6.30. Town meeting tonight, 6.30. Please get along. And for those that can't, it will be live streamed on Facebook and available later on. Will it? It will. Oh, who's doing that? Someone at the council that uh, believes I've got a better head than just radio, perhaps. I'm not quite sure. <laughs> I'll, I'll keep it at a distance. <laughs> anyway, so live streams on the council Facebook page. Yes, it will be. Yes, yes, oh. it will be uh, live streamed on the on the council Facebook page. There's the Swan Hill one a couple of days ago. We did that on. Uh, I did see that. That was at the town hall. Was at the town hall. It? I think it was mm. Monday night. Mm, think you might be. Yeah. I'm a bit screwed up with the public holiday on a Tuesday, no school on Monday. To me, this feels like Monday. Well, yeah, welcome to, mm. to the life of emergency services who work all the time. Public holidays take to mean a great deal. And, mm. and you wonder we're confused as to what day it might be. Well, this is right. It's the life of a farmer too, really, isn't it? Well, that's correct, yes. Yeah, so um, you've been in Swan Hill at the – you know, not at the ICC. What have you been in Swan Hill yeah, doing? So I've been deployed down to Swan Hill to help manage some of the Victorian police resources um, for our uh, assistance to the flood response, and that's been prominently around Kerrang, uh, Kahuna in that preparedness and uh, evacuation space, and also uh, a bit of intelligence gathering about our uh, roadways and, and, and the conditions in which they're in. Uh, we did that quite successfully down in Bullock, um, a bit prior uh well, actually, it was simultaneously to what was happening um, in in Kerrang at the time, yeah, and that worked quite well. So we've got a, a, a quite a vast array of resources from uh, across Victoria, really, to help us out. Um, in the, we've got a relief centre in Swan Hill that's uh, been been opened for quite a while. We've got people utilising those facilities, uh, not necessarily staying there, but you know, using that as a as a gateway venue to to see Bruce Myers and and then get. Uh, uh, some better accommodation and that sort of thing sorted out whilst they can't get to their flood-affected properties and things like that. So, yeah. So if you're managing all these resources, I feel like that makes you a very accomplished man. What qualifies you for doing Like, that's a big job to me. Yes. Is it? Was, it? it was rock, paper, scissors, and I lost. <laughs> oh, really? So that's how that works. No, look, <laughs> ultimately uh, it's been really important to have a local presence. Uh, we've got uh, a lot of out-of-town members working um, – there's about six members working in that particular cell mm. and uh, it's really important to have that local knowledge of, of someone who knows the area, who knows the division, who knows the people and, and some of the uh, issues we're likely to face. And uh, country policing is vastly different to, to that of metropolitan policing. There's no doubt about that. Mm. Uh, I did have Senator McKenzie here a couple of weeks ago and she's she was formerly Minister for Emergency Response yes. and she said the most valuable resource in an emergency is local knowledge. Yeah, 100%, Jane, mm. you're quite right. And, and the council's been really good. They've run some pop-up meetings along the way, all the way along the Murray, you know, in, in fact. So 
And that's been not a little bit about knowledge and, and preparedness, but it's really been from the council gathering that local intel that we know is so valuable um, from the community members themselves who, who know the lay of the land, they know who's going to be impacted. It's been really important to get that intel for our perspective, particularly with regards to people who might be uh, vulnerable people that are going to be impacted that we don't know about. We, we've got vulnerable persons registers and that's great if people register. Mm. And so that's been uh, an eye-opener for us. And we've identified a lot of people that may need assistance. We've been able to coordinate that with our uh, EM partners just to make sure that they're going to be catered for in the event they are uh, flood affected or cut off mm. and those sorts of things. So that's been really, really helpful. And I know the, uh, the hydrologist and that that's been there has been really interested in, in finding out um, some of the local areas that are affected that they may not have uh, identified, mm. um, you know, th- th- from a map. You know, there's nothing quite like eyes on the ground, so to speak. Exactly. Is that the hydrologist from Mallee CMA? Yeah, that was. It was yeah. Owen Russell. Owen, um, that's it. Um, yeah. Some of those meetings. So. That's been really good, and that was um, a bit about um, everyone, us getting that knowledge back from the community. Now we're really going through uh, some official town meetings, uh, the council are running, along with our EM partners, the SES, uh, is the incident controllers for this uh, flood emergency, uh, Victoria Police, we've got AgVic. There's a lot of things that come into play mm. when you think about uh, flood-affected areas. As you know, our <coughs> our towns are fairly well uh, protected uh with levees and those sorts of things. But what we're finding is it's those isolated rural farming properties that might be um, a problem. You know, we've had mm. we've had a piggery up near Kerrang that's, that's been um, almost impacted by flood. There's all these sorts of things that you... you and you probably wouldn't know that piggery was there unless you knew I had the area. No idea. So Didn't you? All these sorts of things that, uh, that come into space that we had no idea about. There's people that would like to stay in their property um, and we're not just looking at properties that are... Inundated with flood waters, that's that's one certainly problem which makes it uninhabitable. But mm. the other flip side of the coin is people are having their houses surrounded by property by by water. They're probably uh, impacted, but not the house itself. But if you're on a rural septic system, well, then you've got no showering, toilet facilities, and those sorts of things. And you know your drinking water may be impacted. So then that comes into into play. Is, is that now habitable, um, or do we need to make some other arrangements for you to be relocated? you know, for a period until that water recedes, so. Yeah, and these are the things that people I don't think may think about, like the septic system issue, because there is, even in town here, it's, I don't think there's town water, it might be Adcock or Ryan Road, where the town water stops. So everybody sort of south of that is on septic systems. That's quite right, and and and, and their water systems, you know, yeah. they'll have rainwater tanks, but a lot of them will only be for their drinking water. Mm. And so that may impact, you know, their the water to wash and, and all those sorts of things. So there's a lot that's going to be taken into account. You know, the, the water at Swan Hill uh, when I left was pretty smelly. It's it's deoxygenated, deoxygenated. Mm-hmm. It's got you know all the all the, the matter that's picked up along the yeah. ground, and, and that's causing some major problems with, uh, you know, there'll probably be some some fish deaths and things like that. Oh, we've already that seen that. Mm. So that then uh, becomes an EPA issue you yeah. know, um, of the water quality as well. Mm. It's quite a dynamic environment. It is. And also I was in Donald on Friday listening to Tom Elliott because I listen to AM radio and I'm not even sorry. Um, But (laughs) there was a caller ring up and say that the Swan Hill town drinking water had been contaminated. Yeah, that's uh, It's interesting. I had, uh, I did have uh, some people that I, uh, that were working up in in Swan Hill, um, 
yeah, had some discoloration in their water, but I didn't certainly come across that. But mm. I mean, that's something Lower Murray Water's been working uh, tirelessly to try and get all that sort of stuff under control. Yeah. But uh, th- these are some of the things we're going to, you know, have to have to deal with. Uh, mm. You know, the treatment process may not cater for some of those uh, eventualities. So you know, mm. they'll be. Uh, doing some massive planning in the background to make sure that we've got potable water supply. Yeah, and it might be a question that we ask tonight, but I I heard Owen talking about it, about the filtration system through activated charcoal or something. that lower carbon, yeah. Yeah, carbon, that's right. Um, I mean, Lower Murray Water are a pretty decent outfit. They're not amateurs at this. They know what they're doing. Yeah, Um, they've done this a lot of of years. The treatment plants, particularly on the Murray, they're – they're all uh, ready to rumble when it comes time to for full blue granary blooms. You know, we can mm. get through those sorts of things. Yeah, that's right. But this may be a different beast. It may require some different um, processes. Yeah. So they'll be working tirelessly in the background to, to deal with that sort of stuff. Mm. Um, <clears throat> the other thing is, as you mentioned, you know, a lot of people along the Murray have been through this flood process before, um, which then and, – and that was when in 2011? So, oh, well, 2011 was the last bad one. There was an event in 16. 16. So these things are happening like every – they're not 10 or 100 years apart as no, records they're, show. They're, they've been a lot more regular. And mm. I guess that, that comes into play with you know, the climate change events and, and, you know, La Nina and El Nino and all these things that are coming into play that are mm. far beyond my pay grade, quite frankly. <laughs> but in line with that, you know, we've been through these things. We're all getting older. Mm. So there may be some uh, some veterans out there that have been through a number of floods, uh, and they'll have a flood plan and, the, and they'll know what to do. Mm. What we would ask is, as uh, Victoria Police, is just make sure that that, that uh, plan is now contemporary. Yeah, you know, are you still able to do uh, execute that plan? You know, now that you may have got a bit older. Yeah, you know, there's things like that. There needs to be. A plan about now has levies changed? Mm. You know, has, has someone put up a private levy? But even things like elevated driveways or new house builds all contribute to how the floods distribute, like how that water flows in 100%. different paths, doesn't it? Absolutely, it does. And yeah. this is my argument, and I've had this argument at council before. We need to update the flood mapping much more regularly th- regularly than we do, particularly if there are house builds in properties that have a flood inundation overlay on them or new levies built that council might on private property, things like that. Because and people go, oh yeah, but they probably haven't changed that much. But we don't know that. Yeah, this is this is the thing. And we're finding um, our, our crews on the ground and the SES crews and we and we've had the ADF support as well. We've found a lot of private levies and a lot of things and that may change the very behaviour of where the water goes. So mm. people that may not have been impacted before may now be at risk of being impacted. Yeah, so, that's right. So these are the, some of the things that we we're, uh, we're challenged with, I guess. Yeah. Um, and, and then we've got um, how it's managed on the Victorian side is vastly different to the New South side. So there's all these complications along the ways. Yeah, that's right. And the um, – that's Parker knocking at the door. He'll be right. <laughs> so we noticed that – and on the, the maps that – that we've been shown, there's a lot more spread, obviously, to the New South Wales side. The bank on the Victorian side, at least in Robinvale, is much, much higher. Yes, that's so, right. So, yeah. yeah, the spread, and we've seen that already because there is water everywhere. Yes. Hold on, let me pause. So with regard to Swan Hill, because they're in the firing line well before we are, they haven't reached major flood level yet, have they? No, they haven't. So 
The peak is expected at Swan Hill, uh, sort of between the seventh and the eleventh of this month. <laughs> That's so, a broad window. Yeah, look, it's been delayed. Look, it, it's been quite a strange flood event. We're, we're not getting a, a flash rush of water like yeah. a flood would sort of um, like we see on the news, yeah. like Lismore and things like it's, that. It's yeah, just not been quite like that. You know, the vegetation it's spreading out. The vegetation is slowing the water down. Yeah, indeed, it's going through crops. That's slowing the water down. All sorts of things are happening. Mm. Um, so, however, whilst Swan Hill hasn't reached the peak. Victoria is clearly well in, impacted already. You know, mm. we've got water in places we I've never seen before in uh, certainly in my lifetime. Mm. So it, it's it's whilst there's uh, hasn't been the, the high levels in Swan Hill is in the elevation of the of the water. Mm. The volume of water is, is incredible going through there. Yeah, and from downstream, as you would know, like from downstream from Woodward, Bandu Bend. The water levels are incredible, mm. the amount of water going through there, and, and that's clearly impacting our area um, as we know it. The mm. Caravan Park um, has you know got no sites left now. It's, it's, it's only the cabins. Yep. And uh, hopefully it won't get to that point. Hopefully. I was um, talking to Chris at the Caravan Park last week and he said, well, they're ready. If it comes up anymore, they're just going to jack the um, – the cabin's up. Yeah, that's right. So yeah. we've, we've spoken to Chris about some of those, mm. what, what he had planned, and, yeah, yep. he's going to uh, jack those cabins up and, and try and keep them out of the out of the drink, so that'd yeah. be fantastic. Oh, good. That's but handy. You, but you have a look at, at, you know, at the floodplain over in Houston, and it's just incredible. So, um, the, you know, the levee was rebuilt last year, so we've got a really robust levee, and, mm. uh, and we're pretty uh, – that's in really good nick. Mm. So it's we're brand pretty, new. Well, Will it hold? I would hope so. Mm. Uh, I would do. But people, I've heard people say there's cracks in it. Well, there's there's little divots from surface water that trickles off it, but it's been well engineered. Yeah, my understanding is it's been it's been well engineered, and this is something you know for for council perhaps. But um, you know the, the inspections have been uh, that's a really good nick, mm. and uh, irrespective of that, any issues we've got, we've got crews coming along. The river, the council got crews, and they're inspecting the levees and, and patching anything up that might be at risk. Mm. So uh, the community need not uh, be too concerned. That's all been taken into account. Yeah. There's always going to be people that are concerned, though, aren't they? Oh, absolutely. It's mm. the very nature of, uh, of human beings. Well, that's right. To be worried. Exactly. Uh, I mean, I know some people were worried about the flood being, uh, uh, Rombell being impacted via the, the stormwater system. But, the, mm. you know, there's some, some um, gates and things in place to prevent that from happening. So um, at this stage, we're, we don't want anyone to panic. We certainly want people to be informed. Be alert, not alarmed. Absolutely. Remember that? <laughs> Absolutely. And, and, yeah. and be prepared, particularly those outside the levees. Yeah. They are the areas that we're going to uh, certainly be um, probably more impacted. You know, yeah. Have roads cut and things like that. So, Can I ask for your expert opinion on the Achuka situation? We've, we've seen a lot on the news. I mean, a current affair have covered it and a current affair – cover some really hard-hitting stories. We know this, you know, dodgy tradies and levy banks. But um, the way that that levy's constructed, and I haven't seen it, so I can't really give an opinion, but my question was how do they choose which which residents to protect and which – was there an engineering – do you know much about that levy that they've put in town? Look, I'll be honest, I've, I've seen some pictures on the news, but I, I really don't have any idea about mm. that and, and how that would work. So Yeah, yeah. so you can't comment? No, no. Safe. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, very safe. Very safe. Yeah, yeah. On that one. But, um, I mean, it's, it's caused a lot of community angst because, um, you know, how does it work? Who, mm. who, who gets to be saved? Who doesn't? That's right. It's a very complex issue. Um, 
that oh, I'm very happy I have no decision-making process in. Yeah, well, <laughs> yeah, leave it to the heavy lifters. Um, so if the peak for Swan Hill isn't until the 7th to the 11th, when is the peak expected for Robinvale? And is it going to get, because again, this is some things I've heard along the way, that the further we get downstream, the less of an impact we have because of the spread of water. So what are we expecting in Robinvale and when? This is the, um, the the magic question that we're all getting. We've had, uh, since I've been uh, based up in Swan Hill, it's been extended three times. So that's a really complicated story, uh, answer, really. Yeah, right. I'm hoping, um, you know, the SES person that comes to the meeting tonight might be have a bit better projection for that mm. because, you know, we're, we're projecting for what's happening in Mildura and all that sort of stuff as well. But, uh, look, it's really hard to tell at the moment. Mm. It really is. At uh, this stage, we've got no indication to say it's going to be any worse than any other floods we've had. Mm. But um, really that's something that will have to come from those that know a lot more than myself, I must yeah, say. Yeah, yeah. Well, I heard, again, I heard, I'm hearing a lot of things at the yeah. moment and reading a lot indeed. of things. I know. <laughs> 89,000 megalitres a day going past us. Confirm or deny or uh, ask a hydrologist? Yes, no, I've got no idea. It's a lot. It's a lot. Hell of a lot. So when we talk about like we see it flowing really fast and there is a lot of water and it is not safe to get in there. So what is, from Vicpol, what's the... Yeah, well, What's the message around the really river good, at the moment? That's a really good question. At the moment, stay ahead of the river. It's actually been closed. The New South Wales authorities have closed the river. Um, good. My understanding is almost all the way to the South Australian border. Oh, right. Because it's not safe. I, I believe that's the case. Yep. Uh, but they may have um, done it a bit better in chunks. But mm. it, it's just not safe to be on the river. I mean, I've uh, walked along the river this morning and I've seen a tree go past underneath the water. Mm. Uh, there's, there's, it's just um, absolutely treacherous. If you go in there at the moment... The likelihood of coming out is is slim, very slim. I would yeah, yeah. So uh, so our advice is to stay off the river, and certainly New South Wales authorities are saying that. Mm. And if if uh, members keeping or members of the public keep informed, mm. they'll find the river's probably closed. Mm. And, and that uh, raised some questions at town meetings uh, about you know those of us that have got pumps on the river, well, how do we access those? Yeah. Well, in that instance, that's a bit different to um, someone being on there for recreational. Purposes, yeah, you know that that um, sort of thing would be allowed, is my understanding. If you can get to it by boat, if you could get to it, yeah, right. But, uh, even then, you know, you'd, you'd, you'd have to be fairly dire if you don't want to go. Uh, yeah, I reckon, particularly if you're not a strong swimmer. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, even if you can't swim against that current, don't bother. Absolutely. Yeah, it would be. You would likely die if you if you fell into some of the absolutely the at the moment. Yeah, and I'm. You, where you'd end up, anyone would, could guess. Correct. And there's, you know, people die in that – people underestimate the river often anyway. They do, and, and that's in when it's it's just in its natural um, phase. Yeah, that's right. And this is a, another beast entirely. Yeah, yeah. So the message is stay out of the river. It's closed. It's actually illegal to be in there. What's the fine? Do you know off the top of your head? No idea. This mm, is a New South lots. Wales one. So. Oh, yeah, not even your jurisdiction. Not my jurisdiction. It? Wow. But, uh, yeah, so it's an interesting one and uh, – one thing I'd never thought I'd see. So. Yeah, very um, interesting. One of the things we've had too, Jade, is we've, we've had the message has gone out, don't drive in floodwaters, mm-hmm. and we still find people doing it. Uh, a prime example of why you shouldn't, mm-hmm. the Calder Highway between Colgara and Sea Lake had a uh, a sinkhole in there. Um, yes, it did. And, yeah, it's a sinkhole, and it brings up a, 
you know, a, uh, conjures up a picture of, you know, just a bit of a, a bit of a hole in the road. There's a 20-ton excavator in that hole. <gasps> That's how big that hole was. So wow, it's really important that people are not driving in floodwaters, not and driving to the conditions. Whilst the the water, yeah, it may only be you know very minimal coming over the surface. Yeah. We don't know like, what's, whether it's been undercut underneath and yep. all that sort of stuff. So, And we know how bad the roads are, so, you know, well, don't right. have too much faith in them. No. <laughs> they can carry you. <laughs> Indeed. So so that, that messaging is really just stay out of there, you know. Yeah. It's closed. It's closed for a reason. Yeah. And if it's not closed and you've got water on there, please stay out of it. Mm. We've had uh, in the early phase of the floods there was, uh, I think there was 30-plus rescues in the first, in the real early uh, first week sort of thing. Mm-hmm. And then that tied up all of our emergency services resource that could have been used for other things that were actually yeah. more beneficial to the to the campaign. Really, mm. so. it um it still befuddles me when I see people and they will post them on social media. Oh, look at us driving through the floodwaters in a little two door hatchback. Yeah, it's it's not a smart idea. No, there's been some really poor decision making. Yeah, and even um, the, the, I saw a recent you know uh, Facebook stream of a, a fellow driving a four drive uh, through floodwaters up in Queensland and and then all of a sudden he's swept away. So, well, you know. It doesn't take much to be able to float a car, whether it's a, a two-door hatchback or whether it's a Hilux. So is like 15 centimetres yeah. is all it can take for your vehicle to begin floating. And 15 centimetres is what, six inches? Yeah, half a ruler. Half a ruler. Half a ruler yeah. for those out there that. In common man speak, it's half a ruler. Yeah, so. Yeah. Look, that's not much. No, you know, no, it's um, not much at all. So it, it really can be treacherous, and um, please avoid that. Yeah, yeah, avoid it at all costs. So we've we've got the town meeting tonight. What other measures do we need to be aware of in Robinvale in particular, and further downstream? Yep. What do we need to be aware of from an emergency response point of view? Yeah, sure. So uh, there'll be. The best place to get your uh, information is on the Victoria Emergency app. Yep. Uh, if you've got um, flood-related issues, access issues, all that sort of stuff, or you need uh, rescuing, things like that, mm-hmm. please call SES on uh, 131170. Oh, that's a different number than I know. Yes. I thought oh, it was 132500. Longy. Uh, let's just uh, backtrack on that one. <coughs> <laughs> we might. Yeah, please call the SES number, which I don't have. One three two five hundred. I can nearly guarantee it. One three two five hundred. We'll we'll call that one. Yeah. Can you can you Google that, please, <laughs> producer Briley? <laughs> and uh, what was the other number you said? One three one one seventy is Vic Roads. That's where you report uh, hazards to you to, to the roads, roadways. Yeah. Right. Okay. Um, and they're also the Vic Traffic that they've got an app there which will let you know about roads that are closed and things as well. Yeah. So Vic, the Vic Traffic app is is really good. Mm. However, uh, they are absolutely under the pump. Uh, I bet so, they are. So some of that data, um, you know, is delayed a little bit. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. So, uh, you know, they're doing the best they can. Mm. But, you know, the, the, some of the councils are running out of signage, you know. That's where this is uh, – where we're at with this. So also don't nick the signs. That would be helpful. Because that's a pe- that's also been an issue, hasn't it? Like people are just stupid. Yeah, we've, we've had some <laughs> incidents and uh, – Perhaps something that has been concerning um, for us and, and not in, in our area, thankfully, mm. but uh, where uh, people have had to relocate or been evacuated because of floodwaters, unfortunately, they're those that have targeted their premises. <sighs> so um, Looters. Looters, essentially. Uh, but, however, we've had some people that have targeted specifically firearms. 
So for our rural people. Oh, you're joking. Yeah. See, that scares the pants off me, Yeah, people that go and nick firearms. It's a real problem. Um, You know, they're they're a massive commodity to those uh, who will do ill will. Mm. They're also massively dangerous. Put them in the wrong hands. 100%. So what we're asking is if you're going to be away and you do have firearms stored at that location, Look, can you please think about relocating them to a friend mm. that may have the adequate storage, provided you don't have too many, you know, any more than 15, you've got to have a, a different uh, level of storage security. Do people have that many firearms? You'd be surprised. Really? Yeah. yeah. And I would have thought on farm. A lot of people have, you'd be amazed at the amount of firearms that are out in the community, legal firearms that, that you know, um, people are entitled to hold and mm. use for the right reasons. I went clay target shooting the other day. I hadn't done that before. Well, there you go. It was good. it was great fun. I actually thought, hmm, I should get my gun licence. It's actually pretty good. Yeah. Um, so there's a couple of options. They can give them to a friend. They can take them to a licensed firearms dealer. Last resort, you know, if you're going to be away from your premises and you can't, uh, you've got nowhere else to store them, Yeah. come and see us at the station. That's a good Those idea. First, you know, we get a little bit antsy if people uh, <laughs> not come in with a whole heap of firearms. Yeah, yeah. You may get a response you might not like. So yes. Please give us a ring and then we can arrange all, the, all those things to be stored safely. <laughs> yeah, that's a good idea. A great idea. Uh, Producer Briley, what's the number for the SES? 132500. 132500, Jade. I told you that the first time. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, yeah, we're... you did. <laughs> of course. All right. The far, Yeah, that firearm theft thing really – Scares me a bit. Yeah, look, it's it's, mm. it's uh, it really scares us as, as mm. police because um, we're the probably the members of our community that are likely to uh, come across those more than anyone else. Yeah. Well, I hope they don't. You know, I hope they're not used for ill will. No, hopefully not. But even then, if we when we find them at, and the caliber of person that may have that, mm. it's really concerning. Quite frankly. Oh yeah. Did a lot of them end up on the black market, or are they used for other crimes? Um, hard to say, a bit of both really. Yeah, okay. Um, they'll, they'll be acquired for purposes normally, mm. but they'll end up on the black market and, and sold around and they'll turn up years later. Mm, we've, gosh. Got, we've recovered firearms you know, in the Mildura area from Queensland over the years and mm. so they, they travel far and wide. Yeah, right. That's scary as well. Right, so town meeting. Town meeting, 6.30. At the community centre? At the community centre. Terrific. How many? It'll have all the stakeholders, uh, sorry, all the our EM stakeholders there. So SES will have a, a representative, council will have a representative. Uh, mem- people will be able to ask questions. Um, yep. So please, uh, if you've got a question, bring it along. Mm. Uh, you might not be the only one. Other people may be thinking exactly the same thing. So mm. uh, let's get it out there and um, make sure that we can put everyone at ease. And that, yeah. that, that will encompass you know, where sandbag locations might be for here, which – Normally makes people panic, mm. but you know that might be for some infrastructure out in the low lying areas and things like that. Not not so much the town itself, but yeah, there'll be a lot of information that will come through uh, as to where people can go mm. get information in the event um, we have some problems and mm. all that sort of stuff. So yeah, well we may need some sandbagging uh, we done. May indeed. Never mm. know. Well. You can yell out, if you need a hand sandbagging, I'm pretty good at stacking pallets, I will say. Yeah. Can swing a shovel. I'm built for strength, not speed, so use it (laughs) accordingly. (laughs) It's been, you know, we've had uh, our policing uh, colleagues from the public order response team that were based in Kerrang during the the heights of their floods, and they they went down off duty and and stacked sandbags and filled sandbags Mm. for people, so... 
Yeah, the community sport's been been really good. Yeah. Um, and it's been really good to see our members getting amongst the community, even though they're not part of that particular community, you know, they've gone out of their way to uh, to help out. Yeah. It's good community relations, really, isn't it? 100%. Yeah. Um, what else, just quickly, before we let you go, because I know you've probably got to get down to the community centre, but um, what else is going on as far as local law enforcement any any yeah any issues at the moment? Any hooligans causing havoc? Of yes, course well, not. Not in Robinvale. Yes, yes, we have had some hooligans. Uh, oh rubbish, Longy! I don't believe it. You jest, yes, surely. We had some hooligans, uh, particularly after some of the rain events. Um, you know, doing some doughies and things on. Oh yeah, road. chewing up my roads. So mm. we would urge people to have a bit more common sense. Um, then they'll be doing that sort of behaviour. If we come across you and you're behaving in such a manner, we're happy to take your keys and your car off you for a month. Ooh. And uh, under the Hoon legislation, so if you want to play that game, um, you know, there's some pretty severe consequences for that. So That doesn't seem like enough. That's a, for a first offence. We have enough trouble. Escalates. Yeah, we have enough trouble keeping dirt roads together enough without fools doing donuts on them at yeah, intersections. Absolutely. I mean, that was, that was, that's pretty uh, poor behaviour and... That of someone of perhaps a younger mindset, I would have thought. <laughs> well, you'd think so. You'd hope so, wouldn't you? However, we would urge people not to be doing uh, such foolish things. Mm. Uh, we, we attend enough uh, serious injury, road collisions and, and fatalities that, that uh, uh, often caused uh, by uh, misadventure. Mm. You know, we don't want to be uh, collecting people off the roadways and doing the death knock. You know, that that's the um, part of the job that no one likes to do. Mm. But unfortunately, it falls to us to do that. Yeah. Um, I don't want to get into how, like, I would love to sit down one day with a, an open mic and you can't do it when you're on duty or a working cop. I understand that because we get all the, you know, the true crime podcasts with yes. with retired policemen that can actually tell a story. But I'd love to sit down and have a chat to you one day about some of your stories. Yes. yes. I'll just put a couple of beers into you and open a microphone. Yeah. No, that, that, <laughs> some of them might not be... Ideal for radio. No. But yes, you know, we, we see a lot. Yeah. We experience a lot, a lot of bad stuff, a lot of good stuff. Yeah. Um, some How do you cope with the bad really stuff? Humorous stuff. Do you? Oh, yes. Yeah, when I think about policing, humor is not the first thing that comes to mind. Well, I suppose it becomes a bit of a coping mechanism where we've got some dark humor in, in the police, and that's sort of how a lot of us get through yeah. some of the things that we, we deal with. Mm. Um, how is the support within the force now? Well, look, like, as far. As far as mental health and stuff Yeah, goes. look, we've got a lot of areas. When we've got um, our own psychologists and stuff that come up. Yep. Uh, when we had um, the unfortunate tragedy with Briar mm. Joyce in, in Mildura, we had you know, teams come up to the members. We've mm. had teams come up to our area when we've had some other things happen in this way. So, yep. um, you know, it, it's a hard one because uh, we don't always like seeking support. or mm. But we know where we can go for that support. We're still pretty pig-headed, yeah. Really, well, I think that's partly human nature. I think it's, you know, when you're in particular jobs, that's a certain type of personality. And I didn't say pig-headed, Longy. You said pig-headed. I didn't say pig-headed, oh, but yeah. it's a certain type of person. Like I couldn't be a police. I couldn't oh. be. I couldn't do it, and I couldn't be emergency services because I don't. I'm happy to live in my little bubble of bliss and. Not, I, I'm not built that way. Let's let's put yeah. it that way. I appreciate the people that are, and, and it's good because the community at large uh, don't know what what's happening out there, and that means we're doing our job right. 
mm. because we're protecting the, the community and they don't need to know some of the things that are happening that are, you know, pretty untidy and pretty mm. awful. So, you know, we're doing a pretty good job in that instance. All right, so town meeting, this will be out. I mean, it's Wednesday, 6.30, community centre, or there's a lot of information in this podcast. So thank you. We really appreciate it. There is a bit of information there, but yeah. uh, please get the accurate stuff from those that actually know. <laughs> Well, if you didn't make it to the town meeting, go to the council Facebook page. You can watch the live stream. It's on their YouTube channel as well. I imagine that's where they put it. That's quite right. Um, so, and 132500 is the SES number, isn't it, Longy? 132500. Or if you do decide to uh, to leave your residence, um, if you can let us know, and the best way to do that is call the police assistance line 131444, and that will, um, you, know, they can, you can register your absence, and we can keep an eye, put that as part of our patrols to make sure that... We don't have any uh, issues. Awesome. Longy, thank you very much. We'll see you tonight. Thank you very much, Mike. Thanks for listening to the Vale Podcast. Find more local stories in Mildura Living Magazine.